Hello and welcome to Weekly MTG, the only show coming to you, well, not not so much inside the building today. Today we are streaming from home. I'm here with Gavin Verhey. He's also streaming from his home. Uh, we have a ton of stuff on today's show. Uh, the main attraction is, of course, the pauper bands that we are going to be unveiling today. Uh, but we actually have a ton of stuff to talk about. News. We have Popper. We're going to reveal the Secret Layer Aquarius drop coming up. Uh, and then I'm going to crack some double feature packs because uh, we have heard a lot of conversation about confusion around what's exactly in those packs. So we're just going to show you. We're just going to open some packs. I got a box right here. We'll do that at the end. Uh, but we are going to spend most of the show visiting with Gavin and talking Popper. Welcome, Gavin. Hey, so glad to be here. Hey, everybody. I see there's almost 2,000 people in the chat right now ready to hear all about Popper. Wow. So, uh, so excited to be able to talk with everyone about this. Uh, the PFP has been a lot of fun, and uh, we've been hard at work over the past week and a half or so, and really excited to announce uh, the BNR update today. Yeah. Now, before we get to that, I do have several news items that I want to go over, including a few things that are going to be new to people. Uh, the first one is an unfortunate uh, bit of news. Unfortunate. I'm really trying not to joke with that, but it's just right there. Uh, so due to some ongoing supply chain complications and challenges associated with COVID-19, uh, we are unfortunately pushing the release of Unfinity, uh, which was set to release on April 1st. It's going to be delayed until the second half of 2022. Uh, that is a significant delay. The delay is specific to Unfinity. Other sets around it uh, are not affected at this time. And we will share more information in the coming months. Uh, for more details, of which there aren't a ton, you can check out Daily MTG in a few minutes to see that. Uh, but Unfinity delayed from uh, April 1st to the second half of the year. And we'll have more information about that as we get a little bit closer and know a little bit more about exactly what that new release date will be. Uh, next up, uh, as Gavin alluded to earlier in the month, we announced the Popper Format Panel. So I wanted to put their names up on the screen just to introduce them. And hey, Gavin, that's you. I like that my country is wizards. It's like, yeah. wh which country are you from? The wizard country. <laughs> Yeah, so this is uh, the Popper Format panel. We announced it uh, last week, and uh, it's a group of seven people, me from Wizards and six others from around the world uh, who are all Popper fans. And uh, we are all talking about the format and working on making changes to the format um, with the idea that we can both make them quicker than before because we'll have a bunch of experts talking about it who know the format really, really well. Um, and uh, people who are, once again, really uh, well-versed in the format who get to work on it and um, with a very wide variety of opinions. It's been really great chatting so far. Yeah. Uh, additional news items. So this weekend is the Alchemy Arena, uh, Alchemy Magic Arena Qualifier Weekend. So be sure to check that out. Uh, if you're interested in Kamigawa, uh, specifically Kamigawa Neon Dynasty, uh, take note that the debut is next week 
on the 27th. Uh, if you're interested in learning a little bit more or quizzing yourself a bit, Mark Rosewater's teaser is going to go up on Monday. So if you're a fan of the teasers and trying to guess what is coming, definitely check that out on Monday. Uh, finally, before we get to the Pauper BNR, I want to call out that uh, we are highlighting the Pauper BNR announcement today, specifically because of the Pauper Format panel's work. We wanted to spotlight them a little bit ago. Normally, Pauper is going to be part of our regular BNR announcements, and we are going to have one of those regular BNR announcements next Tuesday. So uh, for those of you who are asking questions like, what about this format? What about this format? Stay tuned for next Tuesday, where we will address uh, many of those. Uh, in the meantime, let's do that spotlight. Let's talk Pauper. So um, Gavin, there are some Pauper bands. What can you tell us about them? Yeah, so, you know, as we talked about a little bit ago, the Popper format panel really got up and running uh, last week, and uh, we started investigating the format in earnest using both people's experience, community notes, and also uh, the Magic Online data as well. We were able to dig into a lot of information around leagues and challenges and kind of look at what was getting played there. And the first thing that was apparent to us by a, a long shot, and the community knows this as well, was Affinity was uh, extremely powerful, extremely prevalent, and played a lot. In fact, Affinity was played twice as much as any other deck, actually over twice as much as any other deck. So quite uh, quite the impact it's making on the format. It was at the point where cards like Dust to Dust were hitting main decks, uh, where, you know, Ancient Grudge, Annul, um, you know, all matters of, of hate cards, which are Grilla Shaman. Artifact-specific cards, which are normally in sideboards, yeah. Right, exactly. And sometimes those are showing up in main decks, There's, a, but regardless, there were a lot in the sideboards. And that was, that was mm. definitely one red flag for us is, is the win rate and prevalence. The second one was um, kind of the play pattern of the deck. Um, it had the ability for a lot of very uninteractive kills. You know, if you get a start with Disciple of the Vault and Atog or Atog and Fling, you can end the game in the first few turns. You can set up for a really, really quick kill, which is, uh, which is extraordinarily powerful. Um, and uh, so we decided to make uh, make a change to the deck. And, and uh, that I will... changes. Yes. So we we're going to ban Atog. Um, I know this is a beloved card. A lot of people really have enjoyed this card since it showed up in Antiquities. Um, Mr. Teeth right here. Um, but it, it is time for Atog to go. And we know it's beloved. So we did a lot of investigation in the format to see what else we could touch. Um, and I kind of mm -hmm. want to walk through our reasoning. And there'll be an article up talking about this uh, soon. And I'll have a video up about it in the next uh, 15 minutes or so. Yeah. But, you know, a couple other cards we looked at. Um, one was Disciple of the Vault, which is not getting banned. But I, I'm going to bring it up here as a card that we looked at and talked about. And how, how it is strong at fueling kills with Atog, but really Atog was the core of that engine, and previous versions of Affinity didn't even play uh, Disciple at all. We also looked into the Modern Horizons 2 Bridges, which were a, uh, I know many people were asking about these cards, but there's a few things going on here. One, they've actually unlocked some other cool things you can do in the format. For example, the interaction with Cleansing Wildfire has been a really enjoyable for a lot of people. We think there are potentially newer builds of Affinity that could use these cards to power out cards like Carapace Forger and to help uh, fix its colors. Um, and, you know, we could be surgical and hit just a few, but there's no guarantee that's going to work. Um, so we decided to leave the bridges for now. 
And then the, the last card that um, we wanted to talk about um, that we did look into is Deadly Dispute. This is a, a pretty um, understated card that showed up in Adventures in the Forgotten Realms last year. Um, but it gives the deck mm-hmm. more draw twos and uh, really helps fuel some of those uh, powerful, powerful starts. But really, this is a great card for resiliency. So um, we were just decided that we would leave Deadly Dispute for now. So after, you know, we looked at a lot of ways to not hit ATOG, but really it just kept coming back to ATOG. And uh, that is that is why ATOG is going to be leaving us. Okay, so a- ATOG was really like the centerpiece of that deck. What does that mean for Affinity in Pauper? Yeah, so ATOG has been a big part of the Affinity deck for a long time. I mean, it's been a card that uh, you've used along with Fling to be able to kill people and deal damage quickly. Um, but we think there's still a lot of tools for Affinity to adapt and still be used. Uh, for example, the old Carapace for, uh, Forger versions um, have fallen out of favor now, but cards like that we think could still make a, a three or even more color Affinity deck uh, show up. So, you know, we don't know exactly what the future is going to look like for Affinity, but in some of our initial looking and testing, we feel like there is still a deck out there. Uh, I know some mm-hmm. people out there will probably be wondering, what about Sojourner's Companion, which is a card that we yep. banned in the last update? Uh, we're not returning that card at this time, but depending on how Affinity goes, it's a card that could potentially uh, potentially come back to the deck. Okay. Uh, now, we're not only banning Atog, correct? We're, we're taking action on some other cards? That's right. So uh, I think a lot of people expected the ATOG ban, um, or at least unaffinity ban. That's what everyone's been asking mm-hmm. for. But as we were digging into the formats, uh, there's some other stuff that we found. And we wanted to be really holistic about it and not just look at affinity, because, because that's what everyone was talking about, but also mm-hmm. about uh, were there any other issues in the format. And there's one deck in particular that was um, showing up as a, a problem. Um, And that deck is actually the Urzatron deck, powered by the three Urzatron lands. Um, Believe it or not, it actually had a higher win rate that... Yes, yes, of course. One of the mini Muldrifter (laughs) decks out there, Blake. A 4x Muldrifter is played in most Tron decks. Um, Tron actually had a higher win rate than Affinity in League. So even though, Mm -hmm. granted, there was an Artifact Hate and Sideboards for Affinity and so on, but Tron was actually a more successful deck. Uh, And after sideboarding, it had almost no bad matchups. There were very few decks that, that were advantage against Tron. It was also dominant before Modern Horizons 2, which is the last time that a lot of people thought there was a kind of stable popper format. So mm-hmm. we are taking action against uh, two cards in Tron, and they're a little unconventional. So we're going to show them to you in a second. But before we get there, I, I want to really suggest you walk through um, the kind of explanation I give afterwards as to how we got here. Um, sure. So we're not looking getting rid of the, of the Tron deck. We're looking right at, at changing how the deck plays a little bit. So we're going to ban two cards from the Urza Tron deck. Those cards are Bonder's Ornament and Prophetic Prism. Now, once again, this sounds a little unconventional, although a few people guessed this. So um, I'm going to walk through now exactly why we got here. Now, we looked at a lot of other a lot of other cards for the Tron decks. We looked at uh, Moment's Peace, which is a card that um, is very good at stopping the aggressive decks. But for one, that only hurts Tron against aggressive decks. And secondly, um, it there's a lot of good replacements. Tangle, for example, is a card that you would replace Moment's Peace mm-hmm. with. Uh, so we're not banning Moment's Peace. We looked at Mystical Teachings, which is very powerful, especially in conjunction with Moment's Peace, at being able to tutor up whatever answers you need, get cards out of your sideboard, or, or uh, once you sideboard them in, get your one-ups out of your sideboard, and also yeah, it will let you fog multiple times with Moment's Peace. 
tutorable, uh, a tutor with flashback is an extremely powerful effect. Um, but we also think no, this card is loved and wasn't really the source of, of the main problem. So we decided to, to leave this here. Uh, we looked at crop rotation, which is a card that they play two copies of usually to help go find your Tron that can be found with Moments Piece. But uh, that only really helps them when they're not finding their Tron pieces early. It's, it's kind of a niche card. And then finally, we looked at cards that would um, impact the flicker decks or the flicker aspect of this. So the kind of ghostly flicker, ephemerate style stuff. It's kind of mm -hmm. just a long game plan, though. So we didn't, we didn't want to touch that at this time. It wasn't really the core of what made Tron problematic. The issue with Tron, going back to Bonder's Ornament and Prophetic Prism, is that you get to play, you have so much mana, right? You have all this mana off Tron, but you have absolutely no restraint in what colors you can play. You can play whatever colors you want. Mm -hmm. You can play cards from all five colors. Bonder's Ornament in particular is um, kind of a card that was never designed with one-on-one -on -one play in mind. It's only a common by technicality of how it was released in the Commander decks. And it allows Tron to keep on pace with um, the Monarch decks, any control deck. And control decks used to have a shot against Tron. The Monarch decks used to have a shot against Tron. But uh, since Bonner's Ornament showed up, those matchups have been really rough because Tron has endless amounts of cards. Prophetic Prism mm -hmm. is not that much unlike another card we saw banned in mini formats recently, Arkham's Astrolabe, which let you just right. play whatever colors you want and gave you a ton of flexibility. Um, and although this costs one more mana, in a Tron deck, that extra mana is, is, pretty, is pretty low. Um, so we're hitting these two cards. We really feel like this will help the Tron decks change their form a little bit they're still going to be going to be, be around they're still going to be able to accelerate mm -hmm. to all the colors of mana there's a player or all the all the mana they need to cast spells uh there's a player called hirobi on magic online who's been playing like a a deck with um uh annoyed altasaur and maelstrom colossus and all these big cascade cards sort of that ramp into with tron that we think mm -hmm. will still be powerful but the kind of five color gameplay of tron is what we want to move away from here um, and we're really excited to see what happens next. Now, these changes are going to go live tomorrow on Magic Online. So they'll be up at around mm -hmm. 10 a.m. or so. So this weekend's challenges, we'll have them uh, ready to go. And I know we're really excited to see what impact um, what impact this has on the format. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a lot so right there. there. I'm sure you have some that, questions. That was a lot. It's, it's three cards. Yeah. Um, you know, there was a little bit of a, a psych for chat after we talked about Atog thinking that was it but uh yeah three cards atog bonders ornament and prophetic prism banned in pauper uh so gavin what uh what is the pauper format panel going to be watching for as the format develops from these bannings yeah that's a that's a great question blake you know we looked into the data and we wanted to kind of make the tron bands because that seemed like the clear next step just based on the current data and pre-modern horizons too um but we know there are strong decks that were not hit by these, such as Fairies, Blink, Monarch. But rather than try and make too many bands early and too many bands preemptively, we'd rather really see how the format shakes out. I mean, this change to Tron is gigantic and might really change how the format looks. So we're going to be monitoring mm -hmm. how things look after this and, uh, you know, watching it kind of throughout the Kamigawa Neon Dynasty preview season and after the set comes out. If there are more changes to be made, uh, you'd probably hear from us sometime after that, maybe March, April, something in, in that range. But uh, I think there's a good chance the format could also just settle on its own. So we'll kind of have to wait and see what happens um, What happens there. All right. Uh, and just to reiterate for everyone in chat asking about other formats, again, we have a BNR announcement coming next Tuesday that will cover other non-pauper formats. We just kind of wanted to spotlight the work of the pauper format panel 
this week a little bit earlier, give it its own little space because uh, that, that group is new. So, uh, Gavin, how, how is working with that team? Yeah, I want to say they've been really fantastic. Um, they have been incredible to work with, and it's so great working with people who know the format at such a deep level. And we'll go back and test some of these changes out and talk about their own experiences. And, and you know, if you talk about them each about their favorite decks, they all have mm -hmm. different favorite decks, basically. So they all have very yeah. varied perspectives. And, you know, for example, um, Mirko Heisen01, uh, if you've ever faced him on Magic Online, is a big Tron player himself. So, like, he was able to weigh in on the impact of a lot of these changes. Um, so a really well-rounded uh, discussion from the whole group. And I just want to give a big shout out to all of them for in you know about a week and a half really turning and doing the work to make this happen. And I'm super excited to work mm -hmm. with them going forward. Yeah. Uh, and if you miss it in chat, Gavin's uh, write-up of the three pauper bands is live on daily mtg right now uh a lot of what he talked about talks about in the article he said here so uh it'll be a little redundant but you may get a little additional insight by reading that article and, and quoting things and having that discussion with your other pauper friends uh great so that is it for the pauper bands for now uh, we are going to do the Q&A session at the end, so if there are additional questions about Popper or for Gavin, uh, generally we can talk about those then. Um, next up, let's talk about the next astrology drop in the secret layer. Uh, if you're paying attention at the start of the stream, the art went up. But secret layer Aquarius is coming next month, so let's put that up on the screen here there we go islands of course for the uh the aquarius drop and it comes with five per and there are a number of bundles there's the azori the aquarius azorius yeah these will go into some azorius decks there's the aquarius foil edition for 39.99 uh aquarius for 29.99 the aquarius foil bundle for $159.99 and the Aquarius non-foil bundle for $119.99. So following a lot of the same stuff uh, from the previous drop. Reminder, we're going to be releasing one of these roughly every month. It's it's slated to the start of the actual astrology sign, so it's not directly on the first. Um, but if you're interested in the Aquarius astrology lands, this is what they look like. They're lovely. Uh, next up, in terms of showing things off, we are going to... I have this box here. It's, it's unopened. It's double feature. So uh, we've heard a lot of the conversation uh, about people being confused about what's in double feature um, reminder that double feature is releasing not this weekend, but next weekend, but there are in some uh, stores are going to be holding preview events, which are kind of like pre-releases. Um, many stores are holding them remotely if that's how they feel comfortable doing so. So check with your local game store about how they're holding those preview events. Um, but we wanted to make sure to open a couple of these packs to give you a look at exactly what's in here. Because, um, yeah, we saw a lot of I'm even excited, Blake, because I haven't seen these in person yet, right? Like, I mean, I've seen pictures this the, online. I, I have not this. I'm, I'm stoked. Yeah. This, these are the first packs I've, I've opened. 
you know, normally before these openings, I do like a test opening just so I can speak intelligently about the order and, and all that stuff. But this one seems kind of fun to just open for the first time. All right. So here's the pack. Boom. All right. We're going to move a little closer here. Okay. So here you go. Make sure I can get this right in there. So a reminder, oh, this is not, there we go. So a reminder that this is a combination of Midnight Hunt and Crimson Vow. So cards that are in both sets can appear. And they appear in this black and white. It's kind of auto-focusing. This is, this is why we do these pack openings in, in the office, but that didn't work out today. Um. But you can kind of see there's like a tinge of color on the right and left side of the frames. You know, I know yep. in early in design, we were talking about, should they be all black and white, but really something to cue you into what color the card is, was uh, so important. So we end up with this really cool kind of treatment where you see a bit of the color, um, but you know, the core of the card is still gets that cool black and white style feel. So it really feels like a, like a bit of a monster movie with a tiny bit of color there thrown in. All right, and then when you get to the end of the pack, so we're still we're still hitting some uncommons here. There's oh, what's the rare? Discovery. What's the rare? Well, see, that's the thing. I got to keep this in front of the camera. More uncommons. Um, so the pack is a little bit supersized. So this is now the fourth uncommon. And ooh. then, all right, ooh, that's a good one. Nice. Yeah, we got Lisa. Uh, and then there are actually two rares. Double feature, makes sense. Double feature, so two rares per pack, and ooh, we got three rares in this one. Um, you get wow. this, you get a foil in each pack as well. So yeah, there are um, up to three rares, at least two. So in this one, we got... Uh, Hive Heart Shaman, Lisa Forgotten Angel, and a foil winged portent, which is nice. All right, let's open cool. let's open a couple. Let's open a couple packs. Yeah, Why yeah. not? Yeah, yeah we'll open a couple to, and then we'll get to rares. the um, QA section. All right, well, we got a double face card in the back because I already saw it. All right. Boom. Yeah, seeing some of this art in black and white, I mean, it's amazing how much color or lack thereof can just change the whole tone of an art piece, right? Seeing some of these, yep. it's, you get those shivers almost looking at them of like, wow, it really feels like it is a still from some movie somewhere, you know? It's really cool stuff. I want to get some of these in black and white as posters for my wall or something. <laughs> and they do still carry their original set symbol. Um, but the three-letter code you can see at the bottom is DBL for double feature. All right, we got a haunted Ooh, we got a dual land. Rare. Nice. We got a dual land. We got a headless rider. You zombie fans out there, and then uh, another three rare pack: Denic Pious Apprentice. So this is the foil. Cool. Yeah, foil double face card rare. No complaints here. Not. Not bad. Not bad at all. Alright, we'll do we'll do a couple more and then we'll do some QA. 
And what day does this hit stores, Blake? So, uh, this hits stores and releases on the 28th. So not this Friday, not tomorrow, but a week from tomorrow. Uh, there are cool. preview events at WPN retailers. Again, talk to your WPN retailer about what they're doing for their preview events. Um, different stores have different um, coverage levels or local restrictions. And so we are allowing stores to do things still like take home pre-releases. Uh, so there may be an opportunity to stop by your local store, pick something up and head home and still get the experience. Oh man, that Drake in black and white, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah, nice. Man, that like, card's been great for me. Oh, this card's it's so good and limited. Um, yeah, and in Commander, honestly, I've yeah. had a lot of good stuff there. Oddity and boom. Oh, it's uh, we we didn't com continue our streak of three rares, but still pretty. I'll settle for uh, three rares in two out of three packs. Yeah, and it's, again, this is not the ideal camera for opening this. This is why we moved to doing the um, product openings back in the studio. Uh, but it, it's it's tough to see, but the um, the foiling on these has kind of a, um, a pin line feature to it. Let's see if I can highlight that. It's, it is tough to see on this camera. But it gives it a really clean feeling. All right, we'll do one more. We'll do one more and then um, for, for people asking why we don't have a different setup. So we've been streaming in the office for a little bit now, a um, couple months. We because of the holidays, because we're just coming back um, because of COVID, unfortunately, uh, we decided to do this one at home i will be back in the studio next week our guests will be at home this is my work my arm workout for the day just holding this up We're almost the rare here. Almost. I mean, Edgar's Awakening looks cool. Yeah. Instant Traveler's pretty dark and ominous. It's kind of cool. Angel yeah, Fire Ignition. Angel Fire Ignition. I remember trying to get a red-white flashback card was uh, was that we liked was tough, so I'm really happy with how that one turned out. By invitation only, yeah. sweet card. Card's real. Love smart, that one. Right? And a Snarling Wolf. All right, so... Yeah, check with your local game store about what sort of preview events they are running this weekend. And um, otherwise, look for the release on the 28th. Now, we've got about 30 minutes left. Uh, we are going to take questions, basically, as long as you all have them. Uh, we, I'm going to prioritize uh, pauper questions because we have Gavin here because that was the main topic of the show. Uh, but we'll we'll answer anything that we can answer uh, in any reasonable way. So let's see. Um, 
All right, first question, Gavin, what were the win rates for Affinity and Tron? How much can you share about that? You know, I, yeah, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they were, uh, they were two, among the two most winning decks in the format. You know, definitely, there's mm -hmm. actually a pretty widespread of decks that's played in Popper, which is really encouraging. But uh, Affinity and Tron were, yeah, uh, near the top. And like I said, Tron's win rate actually um, beat, beat Affinity's. I don't want to get into what the exact numbers are, and I don't have them in front of me anyway. Um, but it was, it was pretty substantial. And uh, they warranted yep. bannings for sure. And as I mentioned, uh, decks like Fairies, Blink, Monarch, that kind of stuff might be on the table for future. But, you know, when you make one change, when you do something like change how strong Tron is, it can have ripple effects through the whole format. Right. And rather than try and guess too many steps ahead, it made a lot of sense to take the action that made sense given what we see right now and then reevaluate. I'll give you one great example. Fairies is one of the only matchups that is advantaged against Tron um, throughout the whole matchup, uh, mm. pre-sideboarding and post-sideboarding. And with Tron becoming weaker, well, that also means that Fairies might see less play because it has less of a predator uh, or uh, has sure. a deck it can't prey on as well. That's less popular. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of different things that can move around. Mid-range might be more popular, et cetera, et cetera. So a lot of move there to happen. Yep. Uh, and because it's been the most common question I've received lately, and people are going to keep asking it until I answer it, uh, the Arena Economy stream that I, I have uh, promised for a while. So um, it is coming. I don't have a date for you or anything like that now. So we have, we have met uh, myself, um, our communications manager on the digital side, and um, the Arena uh, people, I guess several people from the arena team. Uh, we met and talked about it and discussed when to do it, um, that sort of thing. Uh, what we are doing is we are going to wait until after Neo. Uh, the team wants Neo as another data point um, in looking at Alchemy's effect on all of arena. Um, but we are moving towards and discussing holding that stream. I don't have a date for you yet, but we are working in the background to make that happen. So it's coming. I just don't have a date. Uh, it will not be before uh, Neo Kamigawa releases. All right, let's see. Gavin, favorite popper card? Uh, favorite popper card? Ooh, that, that, that's a toughie. I mean, um, I'll say one of my favorite decks is, has been for a long time, uh, Blue Black Control and all the different flavors of that. So Gurmag Angler is usually my kill condition there. And I really like that card mm -hmm. because Popper doesn't have a lot of big creatures. It's kind of hard to get big creatures sometimes, especially in control decks. So by being able to, you know, play a bunch of stuff, slam it down your Angler, and then hold on to your 5-5 five five, uh, while you control the game, it really gives it a kind of unique play pattern for a for controlling deck. It hasn't been very good recently, so I uh, haven't seen you playing that one a lot, but maybe with the, the Tron ban, it'll have more of a of an opportunity. To the surprise of no one, my favorite popper card is Muldrifter. But that's just uh, it's so hard to go card. wrong with it. It's my favorite, yeah. It's my favorite card that happened. It also happens to be legal in popper. Um, can we get some info on what formats are getting BNR updates next week? We'll share that next week. Uh, it's not the focus of this stream. We'll share what formats are affected next week. It is multiple formats. I can give you that. Um, ba -ba 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 -ba. Gavin, was it an easier decision to ban Bondry's Ornament or Prophetic Prism? The first card we knew we wanted to knock was Bonder's Ornament. And by the way, if you are curious about any of this stuff, a lot of this is actually covered in the article that's up on Daily MTG right now and my corresponding Good Morning mm -hmm. Magic video. So go check those out. Some of those um, 
piece of information might be there. But uh, Bonders Ornament was the card that we knew we wanted to hit first. Uh, that was the mo more recent addition to the deck and has really helped it keep on pace with the control decks and the, the Monarch decks and everything. And it was never really intended, as I mentioned, for one-on-one -on -one play. It's only common because of a quirk of how Commander works. Prism, we, there was plenty of discussion about, but ultimately all seven of us unanimously agreed to hit it. Um, because really it does allow the deck to play whatever colors it wants. It's helped the Tron deck be on top for a long time. And uh, the comparisons to Arkham's Astrolabe, I think, are, are pretty apt. And like I said, you can go check out the article mm -hmm. for a little more in-depth information. But um, yep. th that was the order they went in. But they were kind of wrapped up together pretty closely, I would say. Okay. Um, next question. Now I'm kind of <laughs> Can I around. answer one, one question uh, that I see in chat? Ab yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Zero Shift 1990 and a couple others have asked about Swords to Plowshares. Um, currently, I get pings about on this on Gather, Twitter yeah. all the time. Yeah, currently Swords to Plowshares is showing up on Gather at Common because of a quirk of how Arena works and it's conjured in a spellbook. It's not actually intended to be Common. There's a, I even checked as of yesterday, there's a fix in the queue to get that changed. But no, Swords to yep. Plowshares is not actually legal in Popper. Please do not include it in your Popper decks. There, there, there is a ticket. We, we've seen it in the system. It will get fixed, but yeah, not not right at the moment um ba, 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 ba. let's see uh, uh sure a, this another is question happy oh <laughs> who was your favorite co-commentator back when you did coverage oh it's gotta be brad nelson i mean as i was you know it's uh this question's coming <laughs> from ff freak right so i think i think i'm gonna say brad nelson sounds like a safe choice here um no i mean i i love doing i love doing coverage back in the day i would happily do it again um, and working with Brad, who I believe is the one asking this question, was a total delight. And seeing him grow in his role in Magic and me grow in my role in Magic has both been uh, a great time. Mm -hmm. uh, one question I wanted to ask or answer that I saw here in chat was about Expedition Map. Uh, is there a chance we could get Map back now that those other two cards are banned? Um, much like the answer I gave for Sojourner's Companion earlier, we kind of want to see what impact this has, right? You don't want to change your variables too much at once. So we're going to see what impact banning the ornament and prism has, uh, and then maybe map could come back in a future BNR update. Sure. Um, additional question on uh, band considerations. Was there any look at banning, uh, well, it says chromatic lantern, but I think they mean a different card, or lotus petal uh, for affinity? I, I apologize. I missed what the first card was. Can you repeat that? I, I think you're talking about, they said chromatic lantern. I think they mean chromatic sphere. Oh, chromatic sphere, chromatic star, or lotus petal. Yeah, uh, we, yeah. we, you know, we did look into those, but we're not as worried about the one-shot fixing um, that those cards entail. Really, it was the more, uh, hey, you play this once and your mana's all unlocked. I mean, Prophetic Prism and Arkham's Astrolabe before it, part of the challenge is you play one card and then you go from zero colors to all the colors forever. And um, mm -hmm. the fact, normally that, that comes with a cost, either it only happens once, or you have to go down a card at least to cast it, like a pr uh, prismatic lens. But with Prophetic Prism, you just cast it and then, you know, you get your card back right away. So it, you don't, it doesn't even cost you that. Um, and that was yeah. part of the, of the strength there. If Lotus Petal and those cards are a problem in the future, I mean, certainly Lotus Petal looks like a card that could be quite scary in the right decks. Um, we could look at hitting them, but uh, there's no plans to do that at this time. Okay. Uh, Kevin, I think you've answered this question elsewhere, uh, but if the pauper panel is successful, do you expect that panels for other constructed formats would pop up? 
you know, this is a great question. I've got this one a lot since we announced the popper format panel last week, uh, specifically from legacy players. And my answer is let's see how the popper one does. You know, this is the first time we're mm -hmm. trying anything like this. If it's awesome and successful and things go well, I think there's uh, certainly a much higher chance we could adopt it for other formats. And if it, uh, if it doesn't, then I probably shouldn't. Right. So uh, let's give this a run, maybe check in six months in a year and, and see how <laughs> things have kind of gone, but it's not off the table. I actually did a great podcast yesterday with leaving a legacy, which will be out uh, later this week where they were asked the same question. I know there's a lot of excitement mm -hmm. from the legacy community about this uh, potentially. And, you know, let's kind of wait and see how the popper one does. Sounds good. Um, this one's for me. This type of BNR announcement stream is great. Thoughts on doing this for other formats? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we, we needed the, you know, sometimes we need the timing to line up where, you know, the show isn't already spoken for. Um, but I, I absolutely love giving this sort of analysis over video and, and talking about it and being able to answer questions live. Um, you know, an article is great. It gives you everything that um, we have to share at the time. And, but, you know, there's not a ton of interaction. You can't ask questions like, what do you think of Chromatic Sphere and Lotus Petal? Um, so I love these. They don't always work out for the BNR. And it's also worth noting that, um, you know, Gavin is here talking about Pauper specifically um, because he's on the Pauper format panel. When we do a BNR, if it's multiple formats, um, BNRs are... are Put together by a, a whole team of people often those meetings have 20 ish people in them and so there's a lot of different expertise coming from different areas so absolutely uh, but it might be something like if we if we have bands in three formats maybe we talk specifically about one or something like that but yeah i think it's and, and one thing i'll idea. say also that too is if people in chat are interested, you know, something we could look at doing in the future is having a good morning magic episode that covers the bands with someone chatting about them. Yep. Not, not making any promises, but if that's a thing you would like, drop that in the chat and maybe I'll look into seeing if we can make that happen in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. For those who don't know, Gavin has a YouTube channel called good morning magic where he talks about, you know, a variety of topics from design and development to just tricks with things and I don't know, whatever, Whatever Gavin wants to talk about. We have fun. We have fun. Um, let's see. Will Pauper still be a PTQ format? You know, I, I don't work on the OP side of things, so I, I can't really speak to what the plans are for, for Popper there. I'll say that uh, the creation of the Popper format panel should not impact whether or not there's a PTQ format or not, but yeah. I, I can't speak to what the future plans for the format are. Yeah, I, I haven't heard any changes yet. That doesn't mean... Some might not happen, but I haven't heard anything about it being moved away. Uh, 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 any thoughts about adding a permanent historic artisan um, pauper queue to Arena? It's a great thought. I don't have any knowledge or information about that. Yeah, and on that note, I guess I didn't say this earlier, but uh, these popper bands are specifically for the Magic Online and Paper Popper format. Your, your prophetic prisms are still safe in Magic Arena popper. So, uh, so go nuts with those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, art, Artisan's a slightly different format because it uses the arena card pool. Ba -ba 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 -ba. Let's see. Again, uh, the, the questions about other formats, so just like why not fix standard or modern that are both broken right now? Um, the questions like that, more formats will be addressed next Tuesday. We just wanted to give the pauper format panel it's time to shine because it can. it's new. It's new and shiny. 
Can I ask, uh, can I answer a question about Monarch? Yep, please. That I saw up here somewhere. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a question yeah. from uh, Jay Marzi Harris about the Monarch mechanic and Popper. You know, that's a, that's a, 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 a definitely a weighty discussion and more than I could cover the full extent of in just a couple minutes here. But the, you know, Monarch is something that's really unique for Popper and something that really only comes up um, in that format, a little bit in Legacy maybe, but mostly just in, in Popper in constructed formats. It's also very powerful. But the one thing that I like about Monarch is it encourages attacking, right? It encourages you to play decks that attack people and there is a, a built-in mm -hmm. answer to the mechanic. Um, with that said, it's very powerful to cast and hold on to and then just, you know, wall up and howling mine yourself every turn. So it's not off the table. We could remove the mechanic in its entirety or individual cards in the future. But really for this series of bands, we wanted to kind of look at addressing these immediate problems. And then when it comes to crafting the format and doing things like maybe taking Monarch out, we could look at that in a future BNR update, but uh, no plans to do that at this time. Although certainly the conversation has come up. Yeah. Um, and Gallon, I think you talked a little bit about this in your uh, article announcing the Pauper format panel. Uh, the question is, why treat bands differently for different formats? Having some as panel-driven and others direct doesn't make much sense. So can, can you talk about what the impetus was for creating the panel for the Pauper format? Yeah, that's a really great question, Blake. So the creation of the panel, you know, for a long time, we've managed it totally in-house and had no really external um, work done there. But there's a few challenges. One is that to properly ban a card, you really need to do research on the format, understand how the format works, play games of the format. And, you know, understandably, we have a lot of other formats to work on, standard, modern, uh, draft, and so on. And so it you know, Popper is a great format that I love, but it's also much smaller than those formats. And so it didn't make a ton of mm -hmm. sense to constantly divert resources into going from zero to 60 on Popper. And, um, you know, in the past year and a half, there's been a number of times where Popper has kind of lingered because cards haven't gotten banned fast enough uh, for people, for example, Fall from Favor, Shatterstorm, and even recently, as of right now, Atog. Um, and so by creating the panel, we're hoping to have a much quicker turnaround here. And kind of it really goes to getting a dedicated group of people who know the format well, which doesn't really exist mm -hmm. so much inside the walls of Wizards, but definitely exists on the outside. I also want to clarify mm -hmm. one very important thing, that unlike, say, the Commander Rules Committee, it's not like this group's word unilaterally goes and there's no checks and balances on the inside. The difference here yeah. is the Popper format panel comes up with a recommendation, and then that still goes and gets vetted through all the appropriate people. So in this case, we came up with our recommendation, all seven of us agreed, and then I ran it through the normal channels of talking with people like Ian Duke and Dave Humphreys and Aaron Forsyth to all get their approval on it. They all said, yeah, sounds great, your reasoning seems sound, but I could imagine a time in the future where we give them a recommendation and they're like, oh, hey, actually, have you thought about this? And given that they're experts at you know, banning cards, uh, taking that into consideration would be um, certainly wise on our part. So there's kind of a, a slight difference there um, in how things are done. Makes sense. Um, this question is good, and I'll, I'll take a swing at it. Can we get quarterly BNRs discussing the formats, even if there are no changes? So I'm going to kind of break that into two questions. Uh, one, doing BNRs on a regular cadence, and two, um, discussing formats, uh, even when there are no changes. So um, I'll take the second one first, I guess, because I think it's easier. Um, whenever we have a BNR announcement or say there's going to be a BNR, there's a, there's a great disturbance in the community. People talk about it, what should, what shouldn't be. So I'm, I would be unlikely to ever do a BNR announcement where the body of the BNR announcement is just no changes. Um, we did uh, several years ago, we had regular BNRs. So they would happen uh, effectively with the release of the four 
premium sets each or premier sets each year on the same cadence. We moved away from that for a variety of reasons. Um, we wanted to be more flexible. The timing didn't exactly line up. Um, we need to be able to address different sets at different times. Um, so we moved away from those sorts of regular runs tied to those. Those would often say no changes, but we would always see this churn in conversation about like, this should be banned, that should be banned. And um, the, the no changes BNRs is not something I'm super interested in revisiting. That said, the idea of just having like a state of the format um, discussion is something we've actually talked about and, and Gavin's talked about and we've talked about utilizing that here on Weekly or, or Good Morning Magic and, and just bringing in some of our internal format experts to talk about the, the format generally. So that's certainly possible. Um, now, the question of doing them on a regular cadence, possibly, but I don't see that happening honestly, during um, during the pandemic. And, and the reason is that so much play right now is focused on digital. There, there is in-person play happening, but that's not the focus of a lot of people as they, as they try to stay safe during the pandemic. And digital play by its very nature needs more flexible, fast uh, ability to make changes. And so I think um, there may be a day where we get back to regular uh, be in our announcements, but I don't think we're there anytime soon. All right. Next up. Yeah. And once again, I'll mention that, yeah, as Blake alluded to, maybe on Good Morning Magic, we could do that sometime. So if you'd love to see a uh, mm -hmm. an episode that's bringing someone on to talk through just the health of every format, um, that could be a fun episode. So let me know. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and actually, so I'm gonna I'm gonna plug something here. I mean, this is there's it's not really a question; it's a statement, but it's a good one. It says more communication is so much better than radio silence. Totally agree. So I am going to plug, and and I wasn't prepared for this. I don't have a link for anybody, but maybe someone who has it can do it in the chat. Um, we have an official Magic the Gathering Discord that is run by my team, um, where we are doing uh, we're working to do exactly that. So we have community managers who are on there regularly. We're doing something um, on a semi-regular basis. We've done a couple of them. We're working to do a few more um, that we, we're sort of calling office hours, where we basically have a topic and we let people ask a bunch of questions, much like we're doing right now. Um, and the goal there is to have that additional communication and, and to talk about that. In fact, we are probably, when it, I, I threw this on, idea on my team the other day, was, was doing one about communication. Like, what do you want to see out of us communicating with you, talking um, as someone whose job is communication. I agree more communication is better. Um, but we also want to have that back and forth. So yeah, definitely check out the official Magic Discord. And maybe someone can put a link in chat um, because we're going to try to do quite a lot of that. It's also a place that you can find games and, and online play and that sort of stuff. Okay, next question. Uh, ba, 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 ba. Mm -hmm. When do Kamigawa previews begin? The debut is next week on Thursday, the 27th. I'll reiterate what I, reiterate what I said at the beginning. Uh, We're also doing Rosewater's teaser on Monday. So that's the one where he gives uh, some hints as to what's coming up in the set. Um, if you're really interested in Neo content, uh, generally... We've been running um, these stories, these short stories every day 
that are tied to a certain piece of art um, that might be tied to a certain type of card um, every day that give you kind of a view of Kamigawa uh, at high points over the last, you know, 1,200 years from original Kamigawa to now. And then the full story for the set begins on Monday as well. So check out the story Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday into Thursday um, to, to get more of that Kamigawa content. Uh, next up. Let's see. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I don't think we're going to rank the members of the PFP from tallest to shortest, but it made me giggle. Thank you. No, I actually couldn't even tell you because I've only met a bunch of them via video. All been so, online, I mean, yeah. I could, I, I well, could try that's... and guess, but... Uh... Yeah, Gavin, do you want to talk a little bit about one thing we haven't touched on for the Pauper format panel and the reason it's uh, virtual, like, um, is they're from all around the world. Yeah, I, and to me, it was so important to be able to show off the range of pop-up players that there are, right? There's people who play only online, people who love playing in paper, people who play in Italy, Brazil, Japan, and really getting that universal view of, of the format from a lot of different angles. And it's let us do a lot of really cool things, too. In fact, um, uh, Ryuji, uh, who um, is our Japanese member of the pop-up format panel, actually translated my BNR update into Japanese and is going to be sharing that on Twitter as well for like the Japanese audience. So there's a lot of really cool mm -hmm. stuff that um, we're able to do because we, we are global. And it was really important to me to pick them. But as a result, I mean, a lot of them I only know from online, right? Like it's like, I know Heisen01, he's crushed me in Magic Online Leagues before, but like I've never <laughs> met him in real life. So is he tall? Is he short? Sorry, I couldn't tell you. He's a giant. Uh, I know that yeah, him, and, him and Andrea Maguchi know each other, so I'm sure he's got great cooking sense. That's what I'm, I'm sure about. <laughs> um, Gavin, are there ever card slots in products that are designed for Pauper? Or will the curation of the Pauper format primarily be via bands? Uh, Pauper mostly, by the vast, 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 vast majority of the time, is a place where cards just kind of just fall into, right? It's like, hey, we make cards, they're commons, they show up in the format. Um, one thing that has happened a little bit with sets like Modern Horizons and Commander Legends um, and even uh, reprint sets like Masters is that um, these sets have a higher power level at common than the normal or are targeting different mm -hmm. things. And I think that's been really cool. So with Commander Legends as the lead designer of that product, uh, one of my very sub goals was, hey, we should make some cool cards for Popper uh, that are interesting for that format. Um, Fiery Cannonade is one that I was particularly interested in. I originally had it as Steam Blast, but it got turned into Fiery Cannonade with the addition mm -hmm. of Pirate Theme um, as a Red Sweeper, which the format was really missing, and I'm glad that it has now. I'm glad we got some big creatures in there. Poppers had a dearth of big creatures uh, that you could cast for a long time, and so uh, cards like Annoyed Altasaur, Boarding Party, Maelstrom Colossus, all really cool to have uh, into the format. Um, so not most of the time, but it's something that we think about. And in fact, recently mm -hmm. I was going through the uh, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty list to see if there are any cards in there that I thought were going to make um, make popper. So um, I think there I think there is one card that will be at least a, a strong contender for playing the format. So you have to wait and see what that is. Okay. Um, speaking of the BNR, why are things never restricted anymore? As an old Type One player, way back when I was always fine with restrictions. Bands are so big and seem overcorrecting. So I can share what um, Aaron Forsyth has said publicly a, a number of times is effectively that um, 
we don't like the inherent um, uh, volatility of having one powerful card in your deck and it being erased to who draws that copy first. Um, so, you know, we'll use Oko as, as an example of a super powerful card. That, that card was board dominating, super powerful, uh, got banned in standard, has been a powerhouse in other formats and, and banned in other formats as well. And if it was just like who drew your Oko first or oops, I actually had my Oko on turn two or three, um, the one copy, it's, it's actually far more frustrating than just not being able to play it at all. That's what he said publicly. Gavin, do you have any additional insight? No, you basically said exactly what I was going to say. It's both very frustrating to lose to when you're like, oh, they drew their one of Oko and, and crush me or whatever. And also, I mean, mm-hmm. doesn't move the needle that when it comes to like deck defining archetype defining cards doesn't really move the needle that much you know if i'm like hey you could play with one atog in your deck now well that that doesn't really change if you're going to play affinity that much or not it just like means that sometimes you randomly draw your one atog so um yeah yeah, we're not super huge on restricting for formats with the exception of vintage of course where uh, that's kind of a key element of of making sure everything is legal yep um is there a color in pauper you think could get some help yeah i mean I'll tell you what color doesn't need help, and it's blue. Blue has, uh, I know, I mean, <laughs> I love Muldrifter too, Blake. Blue is pretty well set. Um, but I think when I, th- I think less of colors needing help and more of strategies needing help. And um, definitely various control strategies could use a bit of work. And mid-range mm-hmm. are strategies that have had a real tough time thriving. For a long time, Popper has been so polarized. Either you're playing like Tron, which is going to play huge spells, or you're going to be low to the ground with fairies and or burn, or even the white aggressive decks mm-hmm. or moguls or something like that. I would love to see more stuff exist in that middle. And my hope is that with this uh, these changes to Tron, we will see some more stuff that can exist in the middle there. Um, but but time will tell. And certainly Monarch is a huge factor to those decks existing too. So. Sure thing. All right, this is a question for me. Uh, a few weeks ago, you talked about working on the announcement for Organized Play. Is there any further news about that? Uh, there's not. It's it's still moving forward. For those who don't know, we just hired a new director of play whose name you might recognize, William Jensen. So he officially started three days ago. So um, he's, he's just in the building. We're letting him get his feet a little bit wet. And we're um, he's going to be obviously reviewing that the plan, reviewing the plan that was in progress um and we are still marching towards announcing that uh sometime in the next few months so um yeah it's still on track still still going forward everything's good there um, but i don't have any additional information on that um here's a good question uh in the bands you mentioned considerations to altering certain decks in the format does the panel intend to shift the format into some ideal form that they're looking for so it does the panel have a goal that you're working towards or, or what, what is the ideal? Yeah, we've been working on talking about our vision for the format, absolutely. But kind of the, the number one pressing thing at the moment was, hey, <laughs> there's this affinity problem. Let's try and address it as quickly and as effectively as we can. And we're still talking about mm-hmm. overall vision, you know, um, and that might help craft some of the direction that we want to take with some of these things. But, I, you know, we certainly don't have anything like, nor do I think we should have something at this point that's like, hey, our vision is the fo- of the format includes no blue cantrips and no monarch and and whatever, right? Um, th- we're not there. And I think that something like that can be can almost be more damaging than it is helpful sometimes. But trying to create mm-hmm. a vision, a consistent line, we can say, 
something that really speaks to what Popper is, is something I'm literally actively in, in conversations with right now because Popper is a format that for a long time hasn't really had a pitch besides just it's all commons. Um, but something that gets at what the identity of the format is, kind of like how Commander has so robustly got an identity or, um, you know, even Standard and to a, maybe a lesser extent Modern has an identity um, are all things that we'd like to be able to do. So um, it's something we're talking about and I have some ideas, but nothing to share at this time. Yep. Uh, and then the people asking to repeat the bands, uh, I suggest if you want to head to dailymtg.com right now, um, Gavin's article is up where not only does it list the three band cards, but actually, can we put the graphic back up on the screen? Enough people are asking for it. Um, not only does he name the three cards, but goes through his whole discussion. So if you missed his discussion earlier, um, you can get a, a, a sample of it on dailymtg.com. All right, we've only got about four minutes left, so I want to make sure that we grab um, one or two more questions before we go. Da, 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 da. Ba, 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 ba. And as a reminder for everyone on those bands, they'll go into effect on Magic Online tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., so they will yep. be live for the challenges this weekend. That's something we were really excited about. So uh, I know we'll be following all weekend, and many of people on the panel will be playing in them um, with, uh, with, with cool decks. So see what happens there. Yep. All right, a lot of great questions. Um, we aren't going to be able to get to them all, but let's do this one. Uh, Gavin, do you have any recommenda uh, recommendations or recommended guides for getting into Popper, if someone's interested now? You know, I don't have a link offhand, but I'll say that Paige Smith, one of the members of the Popper Format panel, writes articles over on Cool Stuff, Inc., that, uh, that talk about the format and length. Uh, if you speak Italian, uh, Heisen01 um, makes awesome YouTube videos. And in fact, most people on the panel do content in their respective language. Um, Alex Ullman has a great uh, website, Nerd of the Core, where he updates people with decks as well as format stuff. So I don't have any links at the moment, but um, if you search around on popular websites, you know, the normal culprits, Channel Fireball, Cool Stuff Inc., Star City Games, you can find all kinds of articles talking about Popper if you look a little bit. Um, and then also, we post deck lists from Magic Online on our own website. And uh, I don't have exactly the, the URL, but if you Google, you know, Magic Online Challenge deck list or Magic Online League Popper deck list, you'll find them and you'll see what's getting played right now. I'll, of course, give you the caveat that uh, things are going to change a little bit with Affinity gone. So maybe you want, you want to wait till the weekend to, to see what's going on. But um, it's a really wide yep. format with a lot of different decks you can play. Yep, absolutely. All right, let's see. Um... A number of questions again about the nature of the BNR announcement next Tuesday. What formats will there be un unbanned? Stay tuned. Uh, we're, we're giving Popper its moment to shine today, and we will get back to that. Um, which of us is better at Wordle? I, I don't. I don't even honestly know if Gavin even plays Wordle. I sort of assume he does, but. I've, I've been Wordling. I, I wake up with Wordle, a yeah. little Wordle in the morning. That's yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I'm usually about a four, a four. I've gotten some threes. I say I'm like a three to four guesser. I, I'm not one of those people who like just hits it in two. I'm, I'm no Sheldon Mennery or whatever, you know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you have to be a little lucky to hit on two. Okay. Um, that's going to be it because I got to do my outro as well. So big thanks to Gavin for coming on and sharing 
some Popper knowledge. Uh, again, if you want to head to dailymtg.com right now, you can see Gavin's thoughts on the bands, uh, reasoning. Uh, you can also go back and watch the show again because he, he talked about a lot of it. Um, the Secret Layer Aquarius drop is coming up soon. Uh, they are islands. They are lovely. Sean, if we can throw those back up on the screen. Thank you very much. So this is the Aquarius drop. And then Double Feature is releasing next week on the 28th. And there are preview events uh, happening at select WPN stores this weekend. So get in touch with your local game store to see what they're doing um, and, and take part. Other than that, um, Neo content is starting in force next week. Monday will be Mark Rosewater's teaser as well as the first of the main stories on the website, uh, all leading into the debut on the 27th, right here on twitch.tv slash magic. Um, I'll be back with a show uh, after the debut with uh, Dave Humphreys and Maris Molly, and we will talk about all things Neokamagawa. So thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody.